Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our South Shore campus pastor, Hector Rivera, concludes our Recover All series talking about recovering his friendship. It's an incredible message, and we hope you enjoy it. Here's Pastor Hector Rivera. Hey, come on. Can we welcome our online community? South Shore, Plant City, Michael Pippen, come on. Can we, can we love on them a little bit? Yes. Can we love on our leadership, our lead pastors, Greg and Tamara Dumas? Can we love on them? Pastor, we love you. I love that, man. Encouraging. You know, it's, it's, it's important to have fathers in the house. Amen. Very important to have fathers in the house. I'm grateful, grateful for them. I'm also grateful for our great teaching team. Haven't we just had a great teaching team? We had Pastor Michael, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Greg, of course. And we're in this, in this series called Recover It All, Recovering It All. And it's been pretty amazing. We've had Recover His Name, Recover His Glory, Recover His Fame. And today I have the opportunity to, to land it with Recovering His Friendship. Recovering His Friendship. Amen. I'm ready to hear God speak, so I'm going to go ahead and pray so I can get out the way. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, this, this message, Lord, that you have given me, Lord. I am humbled. Father, I pray that I would step aside immediately, God. I pray that you would speak through me. Lord, I just want to be a vessel. Father God, I pray, Lord, that everything, Lord, the time that I've spent, the fasting, the prayer, the counsel, Father God, that I have sought after, Lord, that you would use this message as much or as little as you would like, but nevertheless, that you would use me in this hour to speak to your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. You know, so I have this opportunity to talk about recovering his friendship, And my struggle this time around, I always struggle with bringing the Word of God in the sense of that I want to bring what He wants to bring and not myself. So as I was asking the Lord, I said, God, you know, there's so many many opportunities that I can grab things out of the Bible regarding friendship and relationship. So it's not that there's a lack thereof, but there's so many that I can choose from. I said, but which one do you want me to write about? So as I'm praying and asking the Lord, I said, well, maybe I can use Peter. I mean, Peter's a great example, right? I mean, he walked with Jesus. What about the disciple that Jesus loved? John, right? That would be a great one. I could even put a little twist on it and say, well, maybe I can pick Judas. There was some relationship there too. Mary, Martha, Paul, and Timothy. What about closer than a friend, Jonathan and David? There are so many relationships and friendships that I can talk about So when I ask God to show me, there's a little place that I go to where I propose to my beautiful wife, and by the water there, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, who do you want me to write about? And I felt like the Lord clearly and humbly told me, I've written about all of them. I want to write about you. I want to write about our friendship. I want to have such a great friendship with my people that now I want to write about our story. So, like any good pastor, I I Googled the word friendship, you know. So be careful what you Google, amen, because a lot of things will pop up. But I Googled the word friendship. I said, well, what is friendship? So as I Googled, I had some really great 
Not so great. I'm being real now. Um, 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 descriptions and definitions. One is the emotions or conduct of friends, the state of being friends. It still doesn't tell me what a friend is. A state of mutual trust and support between allied nations. I'm, now I'm really lost. And then it says a relationship between friends. And I'm thinking, if I don't even know what friendship is, how are you going to tell me to have a relationship with it? These are the definitions that I found. But then I found two good ones. You be the judge. It says a combination of affection, loyalty, love, respect, and trust. True friendship is when someone knows you better than yourself and takes a position in your best interest within a crisis. You know what that crisis is in our connection with Jesus Christ? It was the crucifixion. He paid the price on the cross for you and I so that we can have eternal life. That's what friendship looks like. There's another one. People who are friends talk to each other and spend time together. Have we been spending time together lately? You know, it seems like in COVID, this season through COVID, and especially with the election, we've been doing a little less than spending time, but we definitely have been talking a whole lot. Saying things maybe we shouldn't and acting not so much like friends during the season. It says they trust one another and also help each other when they are in trouble or, or are hurt. Friends are people that can be looked up to and trusted. Usually friends have similar interests. Listen, that similar interest should be the foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So here is the big idea for you today. Can he call you friend? Can Jesus call us friends. Listen, I'm not talking about him not making us his friends. We're going to unpack some scripture that clearly defines that he has made us his friend. But what I'm saying is, can he say that you have made him your friend? Can Jesus say, Hector and I are friends? Billy and Lily are friends of mine because we have made him our friend. If you would, Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 15. I'm going to start reading from verses 12 all the way through 17. When you get a say amen, I have one amen, hallelujah. Plant City, South Shore, how y'all doing? Huh? Amen. I'm going to put the words on the screen, amen, but I wish that we would read our word and get so connected with God. That when I say John 15, you're like, oh, man, that's a good chapter. Oh, man, that's a good book. John 15, verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Do we know this manner of love, church? Do we uphold this commandment from our heavenly father? Listen, if that's all I said today and I closed this and I walked off, that would preach all by itself. But will, would we allow it to preach all by itself? Do we know this manner of love? Well, let me explain what kind of love this is. In verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life 
for his friends. He calls us friends. Well, are we his friends? Verse 14 clarifies. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Do we want to be friends of Christ? Then we have to love one another. That is the commandment. Verse 15 says, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. That word know is a very deep word. I'm going to break it down in just a second. He says, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Because all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known on to you. That word know in Greek is idol, not Idol, amen, that we make plenty of those, I think, but I do, meaning to know by experience. Do we have such a relationship with Jesus Christ through friendship that we have experienced that manner of love? Do we know him? A great example of this knowing is Joseph and Mary. He knew not Mary. In other words, he had not experienced her yet. Listen, it's more than knowledge. It's about an experience with the Father. I'm talking about a friendship, an intimate relationship between us and him. The Bible says in verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. How can this be? When I read this, I was just baffled by it. I mean, how can he choose me and I haven't chosen him yet? How, how could this be that he would make me his friend before I made him mine? What manner of love is this? You know, Pastor Stephen Robles did an amazing job last weekend. Yeah, he did. Amen. You can clap for him. <laughs> Pastor Stephen is a great friend of mine. But we weren't always good friends. In fact, I would say that I would get on his last nerve, amen? It's my story. I'm going to keep it that way, amen? I'm I'm preaching. I would get on his last nerve, you know, and I remember one time around this this season, I brought him a book. I brought him a gift, and I left it on, on his desk at his office, and I wrote him a little note. And later on, we connected, and we had an opportunity to talk. And he said, did you, did you leave that in my office? Did you leave me a gift? And I said, Yes. I then had the opportunity to share my heart with him. I told him, I said, Stephen, let me tell you something I've never told you before. I said, I made you my friend years ago. And he looked at me kind of crazy, like, how is this possible? I said, you see, I made you my friend and I've treated you as a friend because I chose you as my friend a long time ago because there is a connection between you and I. You see, it's Christ. I know him and what he had in him connected to what I had in me. So I said, today, this man is going to be my friend. And years later, I revealed that to him. And he told me, I mean, he explained it later to me so well. He said, you know, it was as though you and I had become friends and I had no idea. (laughs) He said, but somehow you thought it was okay. And somehow it was like as though I consented to this friendship that I had no clue of. He said it was like a contract where it it required two signatures at the bottom. You signed it. I didn't, yet it was still binding. (laughs) That's how he explained it to me. You see, but Pastor Stephen and I now are great friends, and we do life together. Nothing's changed except now he's made me 
his friend. Here's a picture of, of Pastor Stephen and I in Israel by the Sea of Galilee. I was trying to show him how to walk on water, amen? <laughs> we both sunk, amen, but we sunk together. <laughs> Friendship. You see, Pastor Stephen realized that what I had in me and what I saw in him was Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that Jesus Christ sees himself in us, but the question is, do we see ourselves in him? Church, can he call you friend? He says, you did not choose me. I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that, you, that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He says again, in case you missed it in verse 12, he says it in verse 17, this I command you that you love one another. He's talking about fruit and this fruit that would remain. He wants us to give fruit. The way that we give fruit is by having a relationship through friendship with Jesus Christ. Now listen, in order to have fruit, there's always good fruit and there's always bad fruit. Turn with me to Matthew 7. I'll prove it to you. Matthew 7, verse 15. Matthew 7, verse 15. 15, again, he wants us to bear fruit. If there's good fruit, there is bad fruit. Verse 15, he says in Matthew 7, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Listen, friends. If we have the same interests, then can I ask you, how is our tree? How does our tree look like? How... How's our fruit? Well, you might say, well, pastor, I mean, I'm here, aren't I? Yes, you are. I serve a man. I'm in a life group. Praise God. But if you have no relationship with the Father, tell me again, how is your tree and how is the fruit? You see, God wants us to have this relationship with him. That it's paid by the blood of the lamb and also in marriage because then we become the bride of Christ. It's a different kind of relationship. It's intimate. It's by way of experience, not just knowledge. What if God would ask us today, show me your fruit? What what will we show him? Do we look so much like the world? Listen, I'm, I'm not talking about do I dress a little bit like this or do I talk a little bit like that or do I go to these places like this? No, listen, Jesus Christ blended in. 
He blended right in with the crowd. But do we look so much like the world that we cannot even impregnate the world, the crowd, with truth? Is there no fruit hanging from our tree that's edible to edify? Listen, I don't know if you've been out, amen? I know, you know, we've canceled Thanksgiving, we've canceled everything, amen? So I know maybe you haven't been out, but if you've been out, are you seeing fruit that's edible that you can eat from? Or better yet, is the fruit that you carry edible that others can eat from? As the body of Christ. My old pastor used to say, boy, when they're quiet, they're listening. Church, can he call you friend? Verse 19 and 20. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Every tree that does not bear good fruit... Good fruit or no fruit, listen, Jesus Christ cursed the fig tree. He went by to eat figs, and there were no figs. Listen to me. God wants your tree to be instant in season and out of season so that when they come to eat and grab from the tree, there is fruit to eat. Listen, it doesn't matter if it was fig season or no fig season. They came hungry. Do you have the fruit that they can be edified with? You see, you might be thinking, well, man, pastor, this is a happy, joy, joy, Thanksgiving message. Listen to me. I got cut with it first. <laughs> oh, no, I did. You see, he asked me these same questions. How is our friendship? How is our friendship, son? How... How is it, if I can ask, how is it possible that we can say that we are friends of God and that we have a relationship with the Father and even say that we are saved? In other words, that we have had an encounter with Christ and there is no sign of good fruit. Listen, if you're looking on your Facebook for good fruit, my God, shut it off. I have seen some horrific things on there. If there was bad fruit, that, that's, that's where I've seen some bad fruit. By people that profess Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm talking about you and me. So how does our fruit look like? How does our fruit look like? If we were to compare apples, well, there's two apples. What if we had oranges? You want to make some orange juice? Make a little full of vitamins. A little OJ? What if, if, if you were to say, if, if, if Christ were to ask, Show me your fruit. Where would you gauge your fruit? Let me give you a better picture. Are we here? Or are we, are we there? Well, you might say, well, pastor, you know, you need those rotten bananas in order to make that, you know, banana pudding, pastor. I, I'm, that's why I'm over here. Stop lying. 
You need to stop. You're in church. <laughs> Give me that rotten banana. They're tasty. Stop it. You're going to get sick. <laughs> Why can't we have this banana? Now, you might be looking and saying, well, no, Pastor, I'm, I'm this banana right here. I'm, I'm yellow like your shirt. <laughs> Are we? You see, because if we're right here, can I just really just be honest and just say we're, we're being lazy? Because if we have relationship with the Father, why would we not have this and be here? Oh, Pastor, I'm, I'm in, but I'm just not all in. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still edible. You see, right here, you're still edible. But are you good fruit? Why have this when you can have this? Better yet, what if it was your family eating from that tree? Do you want to give them this? Or would you rather give them this? I know some of us are probably thinking, well, I, what is that? I got that cousin. I'm going to give him that banana pudding. I'm, loads of it. The commandment is simple. Love one another. Where do we fit, church? You see, I, I don't want you to get stuck in the fruit. Well, pastor, I'm, I, you know, I, I give out oranges or I give out apples or I give out bananas. I don't want you to get stuck in the fruit. Don't get stuck in what fruit. You might be feeding the homeless. You might be casting out demons. Forget about the fruit, but focus on the relationship within the tree and the source. The source is rivers of living water. It's not about what fruit you give out, amen. It's about where you're getting your source, the source and your connection that yields fruit. You see, if we connect to Christ, if we connect to Christ through relationship and building that friendship, everywhere we go, we'll be given all manner of fruit. There'll be strawberries, amen. There'll be bananas. There'll be people edified. There'll be marriages restored. There'll be broken hearts mended. You'll be given out such manner of fruit because you have postured yourself in the presence of God. Forget the fruit. Focus on the tree and the source of that tree. Verse 21, when I read this verse, it wrecked me. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, listen, I'm talking about, this is not just someone that came off the street and started saying, Lord, Lord. No, no, this is someone that thinks they know Jesus Christ. They are professing Christ. They're saying, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, Lord. And he says, not everyone that calls on my name, that thinks they know me, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That wrecked me. See, I had my focus on what kind of fruit I was giving out rather than the connection with the source and relationship that I had with the Father. The fruit didn't matter. It gets even deeper in verse 22. I thought God was just going to put a, an end on that one, but he kept going. Hey, listen, don't get mad at me, amen. I'm just reading verbatim. I may be reading out of the NASB, you might be in the KJV, you might be in the NIV, just don't be in your own version, amen? 
get in that, get in that real word. Amen. Get in the, I'm just reading verbatim. Amen. So don't get mad at me. He says in verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? I would say that's good fruit. Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform many miracles in your name? Looks like good fruit to me. He says, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Fruit. He says, I never knew you. You professed me. You see, you've done things in the power of my name, but you had no relationship to know the power of my name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Church, can he call you friend? See, let me, let me back up a little bit. I don't have time to unpack it all, but Matthew 7 talks from the very beginning of a great relationship. The relationship that I'm talking about, Jesus Christ comes and brings it together to where we just started reading in Matthew 7, 15. You see, he starts off in the very beginning, and listen, Look it up. Go ahead and say, well, I don't know, pastor. Go look it up for yourself. It says it right there in Matthew 7. He says in the very beginning, it starts off with, first take the plank out of your own eye. Stop judging, folk. That's what he starts off with. I know we're not judging anybody here, amen. Look straight, amen. Don't look to your neighbor or anything like that. You got to, no, not me, pastor. Listen, in this day and age, clearly we haven't seen a lot of judging on on social media or on, on the news. There's no judgment. No judgment going on. Everything's, everything's good. He says, take that plank out of your own eyeball so you can see straight, brother. That's how he starts. He starts telling us how to have relationship with him. Stop judging each other. The commandment is love one another. He then goes on and he leads us to saying, listen, if you ask anything of me, you seek me and you knock. Listen, because I love you as your heavenly father, I am going to bless you greatly is what he says. He's building a relationship with us. He's saying, take the plank out of your own eye. I don't want you to judge others. But listen, if you seek me, you ask me, you come knocking, I'm going to bless you greatly because you are my son and you're my daughter. And he says, and treat people how you want to be treated. Listen, your great grandma didn't come up with that saying. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Sweetie, you got to treat people the way you want to be treated. She read her Bible. That's the deal. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Then he tells us, this walk is not easy. But if you desire it, I have a path, but it's a narrow path. But those that find it will lead to eternal life. The relationship, stop judging. Treat others as you want to be treated. There's a path that leads to eternal life. It's narrow but I've been through it already. It's a pathway through relationship, but it can only happen if we commit to friendship. Do you know what's greater than friendship, church? Sonship. What's greater than friendship is sonship. Let me talk about it. The other day I was in this place, I was by the dock, just, just 
by the water, getting my message. And as I'm sitting there, and the Lord is downloading with me this great moment of sonship, father and son, it's almost as though he just moves my head to the left like this, and I see this image. I see a father and a son. The father teaching the son how to tie the lure and the hook and hook the shrimp. He's teaching him how to fish. The father teaching the son the very thing that God is downloading with me in that moment, father-son relationship, and it's right here to my left. I got up. I, I looked at them, and I said, hey, man, listen, I'm sorry. I just got to tell you, man, this is the most beautiful thing I have seen all day. I said, the father teaching the son. I said, you're teaching him how to fish. I said, but you're making him, teaching him how to be fishers of men because he's going to become the father one day. Okay? I told him, I said, can I take a picture of you? He said, yeah, sure. I said, thank God. I said, because I already took like two or three. I was... I was I'm not lying. I took that one on the slide. He might be watching. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) This is his family and their other son. The father teaching the son. Sonship. Sonship. You know what? You know what's the importance of fruit? Put that picture back up for me. I was sitting at the edge of this dock, and I had just ate fruit from the tree of a stranger. That family gave me fruit that connected me to sonship in that moment, and now I'm giving you their fruit. Sonship. Well, is this true? Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. If you can go there with me, I'll read fast. Listen with me fast. Romans 8 says, for all, 8, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery anymore. Listen to me. You are no longer slaves paid by the blood of Christ. We're no longer slaves. We walk in righteousness. I'll prove that to you in a minute as well. So he says, for you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again. We don't operate in fear, church. Listen, being cautious is one thing. Being overly cautious, fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Listen to me. Do you know what it takes in order for us to have this relationship? All we have to do is simply believe in him. Believe in him. The Bible says in James 2.23 regarding Abraham, it says that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. Church, can he call you friend? Can he call us 
Friends. Hallelujah. My son, 10 years old, he shared a story with me the other day, and it just humbled me. He said, Pop, he calls me Pop. He says, Pop, I want to share a story with you about a, about a little boy and a little girl, a relationship between a little boy and a little girl. He said to me, there was a little boy that had received a cake from someone that was made by this great baker. And this great baker cut this cake into small pieces and then gave it to someone, and that person gave it to the little boy. The little boy went to share it with the little girl, and the little girl was hesitant to eat from it. She was reluctant, but she still ate and told the little boy, don't tell anyone. And I'm looking at my son like, Come on, talk to me. You see, what my son was trying to convey in his 10-year-old mind, he was trying to explain to me that the baker was God. And the person that had given the little boy cake to share was Jesus, but he had, mis he had been misrepresented where it had the little girl questioning whether or not she should take or not. Church, have we been misrepresenting Christ? You see, that misrepresentation of Jesus Christ, the way that I see it, has been done by you and me. Lately, this is what I see. I see brothers and sisters in Christ forgetting the great commandment of loving one another. My son at 10 years old was the younger teaching the old generation, humbling me to question whether or not I have been misrepresenting my Father in heaven. And you might say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not giving out bad fruit, but are you giving out any fruit? Do you think that because we may not be opening our mouths and feeding others, when we know this chief baker, do you think that that tree will not be cast into the fire too? No fruit? What did Jesus tell that fig tree? You look that up. You see, the enemy will always try and make us feel like we don't belong. But if we are not careful as men and women of God, knowing this chief baker, we might make others feel like they don't belong either. The enemy will tell us that we're not good enough. But if we are not careful, then we might misrepresent Christ and make Others feel like they're not good enough either. See, like that little girl, she thought she could not eat at the Lord's table. If we're not careful, if we forget this great commandment, others may miss that great banquet at the Lord's table. You know, he calls you friends. But there's an upgrade. We've been called sons. We've been called daughters. Church, can he call you friend? That's my only question today. South Shore, Plant City. Can he call us friends?
Earlier, I mentioned this bride of Christ. Today, I want to give you that opportunity to know Jesus Christ as I have known him and as many here, there, know him. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I talked about this bride of Christ. Listen to me. Our father is coming back for her. And he wants to find her without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He wants to cleanse his bride and sanctify her. Read it. It's in Ephesians 5. He uses a marriage, a husband and a wife, and segues into his bride. (laughs) Please don't pass up this opportunity. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ here, South Shore Online in Plant City, I want us to say this prayer together. But listen, when we say this prayer, let me explain something to you. There's no power in saying the prayer, amen? There's, there's, listen, there's power in Jesus Christ. We believe, we tap to that source, and we ask him to come into our lives and wreck us, and he does. You see, the evidence of salvation is the fruit after acceptance of Jesus Christ, the fruit that I just talked about. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you have this opportunity today. Listen, he's coming back for his bride one day. I want to see you there with me, sliding down the streets of gold. Amen. So let's say this prayer together here online and at our other campuses. Say, dear Lord, I know that I've fallen short, but I thank you that you sent your only son to die on the cross, to shed his blood that now sets me free. Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Lead me and guide me all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, here, South Shore Plant City Online, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to boldly claim it. And on the count of three, will you raise your hand here online and at South Shore on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hands with me. Come on, I see you. Come on. Come on. We hope you enjoyed that message from our South Shore campus pastor, Hector Rivera. Don't forget you can watch all of our on-demand messages, including noon prayer and video content for your elementary students, youth, and young adults on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash crossingchurch. Subscribe there, and you can also watch all of our services live right there on YouTube. If you haven't yet, don't forget to download the Crossing Church app. It's available on Android and iPhone. Just search for The Crossing Church Tampa in your app store, and you can find links to that at wearecrossing.com. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to worship with you next weekend.